Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. I'm only your host because Kayla is busy stuffing her face right now. We took a break. We, as you guys know, we just recorded part one of contest prep mistakes to avoid. Jason had to step out and get something to eat. Kayla had to get something to eat because they're both dieting. I'm dieting, but I had to step out and pee because I'm like 45 years old and I have to pee like every hour on the hour. So I said, you know what? I'll bring us in. You guys go ahead and keep eating. But I do want to ask a question. So Jason, I'll start with you. You and I are both keto. We're going to do a keto episode coming up. What are you eating now? And what's your favorite meal on keto? So this one had to be quick. Um, it's just an isoperfect shake. And then about 40 grams of, of almond butter just thrown on a plate. And uh, if I had time, I probably would have grabbed a salad, but I didn't want to be crunching here while we're trying to uh, record. Um, favorite meal on prep? I'm sorry, on keto? Um, probably my, I do five uh, yolks, uh, eggs, and it's been amazing because I used to do like egg whites. And I throw a little bit of uh, Velveeta cheese in there. Yep. And uh, douse it with a lot of salt and uh, Frank's. And I've been doing that twice a day. So um, I actually really, really enjoy that. I love the nut butters and the avocados, but that, that egg meal has been sitting really nice. Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up. It's really close to mine. I like the Velveeta sliced cheese. It's actually, it's only got like two fat in it and like two proteins. So it's like really, That's what I use. Yeah, yeah, it tastes amazing. So I have like four eggs a slice of cheese, and then I throw an avocado on top of it as well. I know that sounds, people are going to think that sounds weird, but, and then a lot of salt because on a keto diet, you need to keep salt high. Um, but that's my go-to, but I do a lot of shakes and like peanut butter too, as well. Like just kind of a quick go-to, but my number one favorite is definitely the the eggs with the cheese and I throw avocado on top and you get your fiber in from the avocado. A lot of people are like, you know, avocado has got like 20 grams of carbs. Yeah. But like 17 of it's fiber. So fiber. like, Yep. Yeah, it helps you get your fiber for the day. Kayla, what do you what do you got? Because I know you're in the middle of your mini cut still, correct? Yeah. So usually what I today's my low day, um, because it's a rest day. So I have about 120 carbs today. So not terrible. So not like you guys at like zero. So I'm not gonna complain, mm-hmm. but I usually like to put majority of my carbs between like the first three meals of the day. And then so this is my meal four, and I have just like hundred grams of chicken and some asparagus with some sugar-free ketchup. So it's just simple. Um, I'm usually on the go all the time. So if I can make something simple, but still whole foods, like we talked about in the last part, um, I'm just going to eat that. Like a lot of times I'm just, I'm also eating my car because I'm driving. So got to get those meals in though. Like ketchup on chicken? It depends on the seasoning. Otherwise, like I really like the flavor gang sauces too. Those are really bomb, Um, especially on eggs. Uh, like Jason was talking about. Um, but yeah, it just kind of depends on the seasoning of how I feel. Sometimes I even put like Walden Farms pancake syrup on chicken. It just kind of depends on the day. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, we learn something new all the time. And maybe that comes around, you know, because you're going to start talking about women's cycles more and things like that. Maybe that comes around the time when cravings are real high and you want to put some syrup on some fucking chicken. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I've never wanted to do that myself. So maybe, that, maybe that's why. I don't know. Honestly, the best thing that I've been doing lately um, to like curb that like sweet tooth is my pre-workout meal. I've been doing just like 100 to 125 grams of jasmine rice 
I do a little bit of coconut oil on there, a little bit of honey for like sugar, quick carbs. And then I add like cinnamon and Walden farms on it. Freaking bomb. (laughs) It's, it's amazing. It's super good. And then I just do that with protein shake and that's my pre-workout. So I, I totally hear you I, for my sweet tooth these days. And then, well, I know we'll get onto the show. So what I'm doing is buying these guys time, guys and girls time so they can get the food down. One of my favorite things to do is to take, you know, like the whey protein, we've got some pretty tasty flavors like chocolate caramel, for example, I throw that in a blender with some ice. I've got a bullet, right. But you throw that in there with some ice and we've got these things called fat snacks powders uh, P-H-A-T. And it's actually diet. It's dehydrated cheesecake is what it is. Um, and it's flavored chocolate caramel. Yeah. It's like one scoop. It goes a long ways. It's only seven grams of fat. Jason, I was actually going to send you some cause I knew you're starting keto, but I forgot. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun to kind of like blend that up and it's like ice cream. So and it's just protein and, and fat. So, but anyone can do that with their favorite whey protein. You just throw it in a blender with some ice and, and eat it with a spoon. It's kind of like having, yeah. it's kind of like having some ice cream. So, um, I think this is going to be a fun episode. We haven't talked about peak week in detail ever. And I know we're going to talk about mistakes to avoid, but you know, Kayla, as you're finishing up eating, Jason, I'll throw this over to you to kind of start. Yeah. I know we're all going to talk about our biggest peak week screw ups. You know, if we could just name one learning experience, whether it's ourselves or with a client, um, Jason, what's, what's the one that stands out to you that was kind of like the light bulb turned on or an aha moment of like, Hey, this is a big mistake that I learned from. Not everyone can carb super hard using like saturation numbers. And I learned the hard way with you. (laughs) And I learned the hard way with another guy, uh, Chris Santa Maria. Um, He's, he's a shorter bodybuilder, very muscular, probably, probably endomezzo. Didn't work well either with him. And what I'm referring to is back in the day, John and I were on muscular development. And we're going back probably 15 years now. Yeah. And there's a guy in there named Tipsta. And uh, he helped prep me and uh, did a really good job. Really taught me a lot, actually, about tracking uh, as, as a coach, uh, even though he wasn't a coach. Um, and, you know, that, that, that his Tipsta's uh, things were cell saturation. And there was a formula in Dan Duquesne's book. And it ended up having, like, even as a band on my – I loaded, like um, – I want to say 1100 carbs on Wednesday, then like 700 on Thursday. And then I think it was like 500 on Friday and the water kept coming down to like, I think where you got to like a half a gallon on Friday. It worked wonderful for me. It worked great for a lot of my athletes, but I've quickly realized it wasn't something that works for every single person. Yeah. Um, I think it works really well with ectomorphs. Um, but I know we did it with John did not work well. Um, so I guess my thing is a one size fits all approach to peak week generally is not always the best idea. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I learned a lot from that myself and what that and other things have taught me. So over the years, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of done it all, honestly, cut water really hard, high water, cut water early on Friday. Don't cut it Friday, cut it on Saturday. Like there's so many different things that I've learned, but the number one thing that I learned was to start paying attention to how my folks looked with the water that they're currently drinking. We touched a little bit on this in the last episode in part one, but I can't, 
explain enough just how important it is. It, matter of fact, another guy that I used to train sent me an email today. I'm kind of his second eyes. He's like, hey, man, what do you think here? It's first thing in the morning. I haven't had food or water for like 10 hours. How do I look? Do you think this is good? And I'm like, well, you don't know until you compare that until later today. You need to take pictures of yourself with food and water. Maybe you get a gallon of water in and four meals. Now you compare those pictures with water and some food versus dry pictures first thing in the morning. And when I started doing that, it became, it became a game changer because I used to just be like, you can eat all the carbs you want the day of the show, just don't, don't drink water, you're bulletproof. Like that was my mentality before I knew. And then that's how I started learning to put water in is I started watching how they looked when I would do like some trial runs or just picture, update pictures in general. And it was always tied to that and how lean they were. So like it goes without being said, you've got to be shredded when you get just to the stage, right? The, the leaner you need to be, like if you still have body fat to go, like if you're a guy and you still need to lose five, six, seven, eight pounds, the carb up's not going to be as hard. You know what I mean? You're not gonna be able to carb up as hard as if you're, you know, still a little bit of fat on you, then you can't carb up as much because you just don't need as much. So I think insulin sensitivity plays a role there. And that comes back to what you're saying, Jason, not everybody can have massive carbs. Like I just didn't have great insulin sensitivity, I could have been a little leaner and a lot of that was on me. Cause I was, you know, got way too fucking fat in the off season and you know what I mean? Like didn't have enough muscle. So that's what I learned. was really how to control water for the day of the show. That's one important thing I can pass on. I think mine, I had one from like my first show, but like my first show was just such a, such a disaster. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm just like going to say the whole thing, but I think one big thing I learned was last year when we were doing my fourth show for USA's where I got my pro card, um, coming into that peak week, we like, especially the first like three days before the show, we did everything completely different. Um, so I was eating carbs for like two days instead of just one and loading a ton of them. And that Thursday before the show, I went and trained twice actually, so I went in the morning and did a little like upper body, like pump went like back kind of thing. And then at night after like my last meal, um, and then I had one more meal after that, I did another like quick pump session at night. And that was where I felt like the best. And then even the next day, like, so the day before the show, I was at the gym doing a workout, like light, you know, not anything bad, but just getting blood into the muscle. And I think for me, mostly it helped with stress and just not sitting there and being anxious and like thinking about it, thinking about it where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go train. I'm just going to like move some blood through the muscles. Like I was eating rice crispy bars like that day. They were all tracked of course, but that was like part of it. And I was just like, all right, this is pretty nice. And then like come the show day, I was just feeling really good. I was calm as calm as could be. And I think that was my biggest learning experience is that you don't always have to do like what everyone else says is like norm, like, Oh, everyone needs to put their feet up and like do all this. And like, for me, that just caused me too much anxiety. And, you know, also probably helped that we were on our fourth show that year and I was like peeled to the bone. So that's also a big thing, but that was just one big thing that I learned too, is that maybe, you know, you have, you do have to try things and like, it is okay to do that too. Yep. So are we ready to go into all of our peak week slash day of show stuff? Oh this yeah. One? This, this will, this will be fun. There's so much, there's so much meat on the bone here. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to kind of review, I guess, a little bit from like the last part too. Um, we, we talked about like, you know, what foods you respond to the best and peak week on the day of the show is not the time to put in like new foods or new things. Um, you know, I think all of us can agree that it should all be tested beforehand and you should know exactly what you're doing for peak week. Um, and I think a lot of people get misconceptions of this because they see their, their favorite IFBB pro or OCB pro or IPE pro, um, that are crazy genetic freaks and they can eat muffins and pop tarts and all the stuff beforehand. And then they're like, Oh, I'm going to do that because I saw so-and-so do it. But like, you know, what is your guys's approach, you know, as far as like food goes into a peak week. So I guess, John, do you want to start with that one this time? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of talked about this real quick in the last episode where we said, don't really change anything because you don't want to introduce something to your digestion, right? That you haven't been having, especially things like Walden. If anything, I start to pull things out during peak week and, you know, the old school method, like research-based coaches and I'm research-based coach by the way, but research-based, I say that quote unquote, if you're not watching on YouTube, they would all say, oh, you can't thin the skin because you are dropping out sweeteners and you don't have to drop out gluten and dairy and all these things. What people don't realize is there's a reason for dropping that stuff. And the reason is, is because inflammation drops and your gut health is going to be much better off if you can pull sweeteners out. So I want my clients to have the smallest waste possible. I want their digestion to be on point. I'm not trying to get rid of any water that's under the skin. I'm more concerned with digestion and their stomach being on point and being as small as possible, especially females, because it really, it really, really comes into play in bikini and figure, you know what I mean? Like you can't just, you can't have a distended stomach. Like you just can't, it'll stand out like a sore thumb, especially figure on those quarter turns. I mean, figure all you do is quarter turns and though you've got two quarter turns in there to the side. And if you're distended and bloated and your lower abdomen's bloated like that, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. So with that all being said, I like to drop out sweeteners. I take those out. I tell them if you're drinking monsters, take that stuff out. If you need some caffeine, have some black coffee, take a caffeine tab. I don't care. Like, like if you need to have that to get through, that's fine. But cut out the, the uh, EAAs and cut out pre-workouts and cut out all that type of stuff and try and cut as many sweeteners out as you can. And that just really helps improve. And, you know, myself and other coaches that I've talked to anecdotally, what we've seen, because there's no research to support this. No one's going to put in thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to research something like this. Right. But as a coach, anecdotally, what we see is we see, well, one, the scale drops. Like I see the scale drop, you know, three pounds for somebody, for example. Well, what is that? You're dropping, you know, inflammation in the stomach's dropping and your digestion is on point. So I usually am more pulling stuff out than I am worried about adding other foods in. What, what about you guys? I would definitely say the same thing. Um, pulling those extras out, um, especially vegetables too. I noticed that with like myself and clients, especially females, like you said, with the distension and bloating, um, that veggies are really going to cause that. Um, so depending on the person, it's like two to three days out. Uh, usually if they're a first time competitor, I'll pull them sooner just so that way we can play it safe. Um, and then too, I want to make sure that their digestion is going. So like myself, I have to have like a bowl of oatmeal because that time, like I'll have enough fiber then where I can use the bathroom. Um, so I can't completely switch to like rice based products or I just won't go to the bathroom and that's not good either. 
Um, but that was definitely something that I struggled with last year was just like stomach distension. And part of that too, was also with breathing, um, being powerlifting background, I would always breathe with my stomach and I had to relearn how to do that last year. Um, so as far as like, you know, foods and changing anything, I definitely don't add anything. I, like you said, John, more so just take things away and make it very, very basic and plain. I'm like, even sauces. I'm like, let's stick to like mustard. (laughs) That's it pretty much. Yeah. I do the same. I mean, I I think you guys both hit it, you know, in the nail on the head. There's, you know, it just doesn't make sense to really bring in new food. You know, um, you've gone that long on the diet. You can make one more week. Um, so, you know, then it comes to pulling things out that will be things that cause inflammation and, and gut problems. And so I think you guys did a good job of touching on that. I don't think um, there's anything else uh, tricky that I do with foods. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Question for me. I was, I was going to say there, there's going, and that doesn't mean that you can't add things in because sometimes you need to fill out really fast and you need to get something like a Gatorade in you for some odd reason. Like maybe you had to make weight on Friday and that's a whole other freaking topic and a whole other show probably, but you know, you had to cut a lot of stuff out and you got to fill out really fast. Well, you need to have Gatorade and things like that. Maybe you need to eat your rice cakes are like super fast. So in my opinion, the number one thing that anyone could ever have besides a Gatorade is rice cakes because they're just so high glycemic or even white bread at that point. But I'd rather see a rice cake because you just see, you see a better response with your digestion, how your gut feels with right cake with a rice cake versus bread, for example. And I don't care what anyone says, like you might be able to handle both, but you don't know if everyone else is. So I, there's, there's times it's okay to add. We're not saying don't do that, but you need to really understand why you're adding it. It should never be kind of like you said, Jason, you've made it this whole time already. Like you can make it one more week. You shouldn't as a coach or an athlete ever think about eating because you want to give yourself a reward or because you're craving something like eat that shit on Saturday night after the show, you can eat whatever the hell you want at that point. If you're done. But don't ever make it about, I've been craving this. I'm going to have all this before my show because it could literally, literally be a shit storm if you're not careful. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think we've all been there at some point, too, in our careers, you know, like everyone. But Listen, I've, I've had a client um, get massive diarrhea, and I'm telling you it was a female. And I'm telling you right now, when you have to flex on stage and you have oh. massive diarrhea – it is no joke. Like it's not going to happen to everybody, but you don't even want to, you don't even want to stress it. it. Well, just long story short is 2014. She couldn't, she didn't place because she couldn't flex. Like she literally could not flex the way she wanted to. Can you imagine all that hard work? And because yeah. you went and ate stuff you shouldn't have eaten and she knew it wasn't on me. It was on her. She wouldn't had shit. She went, she couldn't hit, she couldn't hold it. Mm-hmm. literally couldn't hold it on stage, but she couldn't hold herself from eating that food on like a Friday. Cause she went out with everybody else. It's like you got massive diarrhea and you didn't place like you just wasted that whole prep and all that because you went and ate something that you shouldn't have eaten. So let that scare the shit out of you. Literally. How about that? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so the next one for all of our listeners is that, you know, coming into peak week, peak week should literally be non-stressful. Like, the biggest thing you should worry about is, you know, if you're flying, like getting your stuff packed and getting it there and stuff, you know, and you should not be trying to lose more weight or 
get leaner. Like, you know, we kind of touched on that in the last episode of just like, let's be ready. And all of us agree that like, we'd like to be ready early so we can feed into the show and fill them out. Maybe even have a couple peak week trials, you know, but um, I guess if someone is in that situation, you know, or like, what do you guys do as far as like, if they still need to like kind of tighten things up a little bit, like, is there still a chance during peak week to do that? I have, um, I had a client last year, um, did her first national show, got second. We, 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 we so let's, let's go again. Uh, we got her dieting and then literally seven days out, she had like a massive binge and she texts me and she's like, I'm up 10 pounds. The show's over. Holy like, shit. Oh, I'm no. like, I don't know. I was like, we might be able to salvage it. There's only one way to do it. So I had her walking two to three hours a day and doing protein and veggies all the way into Friday and the weight came back off and she actually ended up leaner. Um, and we did a moderate carb up and she went pro. Um, so, but generally speaking, and then I've done it one other time when I did 2016, I hopped in the local show with seven weeks of prep and then junior nationals was at the eighth week. And so when I got back from Indiana, um, I decided that I would keep hits in during peak week, but I used battle ropes. And I think John and I might even have talked about this Yeah, and it kept it off my legs, but I kept getting leaner that whole week into the peak week. And I had to, like, I just, I had to, I hadn't dieted that long. Uh, I ended up third out of like 18 guys and it was a pro qualifier top two went. And then uh, I kept dieting and got it at masters. But um, yeah, like there's times where I've, I've pushed, but generally speaking, that's not what you want to, that's not where you want to be. And uh, so. I, re- I remember that man, because, um, you know, when you're prepping yourself too, it's nice to have someone on the outside that, I mean, your legs were so beat up. Right. And, you know, it, it wasn't something I experienced a lot, but I know like we try not to train our legs very close to the show. So they, so they look better. And I just remember thinking, well, fuck man, maybe, maybe battle ropes would give you, your upper body's not going to look like your legs if you beat the shit out of it. Right. So like, and I remember that you did it and you just kept getting leaner and leaner and leaner. I'm like, damn dude, like you're, you're crushing it. So, and that was the year you won, correct? Isn't that what you said? Yeah. So that going to that show was junior Nats. And like I said, I missed it by one. And then I kept dieting four more weeks to masters nationals and won the overall. Yeah. Yeah. Good times, man. Good times. That, that That's a good point there too, because, you know, I'm thinking of, ultimately during peak week, what I want to do with my clients is I want to be able to carb them up. I'm thinking these days, I, I think of cortisol, like I'm trying to drop cortisol the last, you know, last couple of days and especially the day of show, because the show itself is a stressful right. thing. And if we're really pushing on people hard going into the show, I used to, I used to have them train, you know, maybe take Friday off, but you know, cardio stayed high all week and you're just trying to, you know, eke out every little inch of fat loss that you can. And what I've noticed over the years is if I can, I try and get it to where I do more of a cortisol drop and I have them drop all the cardio out during peak week. And then I carve them up like on a Thursday, for example, that's going to drop cortisol and then nothing on Friday. And that way they can just relax, quote unquote, put their feet up, but it's more about dropping cortisol because you've got to check in, you've got to do all the, like it's stressful as it is. So adding things like cardio and training to the day before a show is just, it's just, to me, it's counterintuitive, but there are times where I can see people doing it. Uh, Jason, you just named two perfect times. So that's kind of my take on it. 
Yeah, I think like always the answers, it depends, of course, you know, and then like looking at those situations, my mind thought of like, okay, well, how long have this, has this person been dieting for? Like Jason, you had said you hadn't, you'd only been dieting for like seven weeks already. So like your body could probably handle that and, you know, enhancements and all that stuff too also makes it able to handle that from a cortisol standpoint. And then, you know, like John, on your end, like as a natural person, you're coming from like 20 ish weeks already of prep. That's a lot of stress on the body. So by dropping cardio and refeeding, that's going to drop that cortisol, like you said, and then that helps them coming into peak week. Um, I think also for a first time competitor or even those like really close to that pro card too, you know, just the stress of like the expectations and, you know, how's, am I going to fail kind of thing? You know, if you're, I feel like a lot of us bodybuilders are very type A and hard on ourselves and that's why we do this. But, um, I think that's a really big aspect too, to like keep stress down. It's just, you know, not working yourself up about the show too. It's just like you, you've put in the work at this point, you get to relax this week a little bit, deplete down, get to eat some food. And then you just get to go do your thing. Like you just did 16 plus weeks of a prep, you know, go enjoy it. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing that you can do to like bring stress down too. is just, you know, your mindset overall. Yeah. And I know training, training is a big part of that. And I know we're going to talk about that at some point, but like, you know, training during peak week, you know, what's, what's that look like? So to me, you know, Jason, since we've really started talking about cortisol a lot on this show and prior to that, it, it, you know, seminars and stuff like that, I really just look at cortisol a completely different way when it comes to peak week now versus I did in 2014. Are you, are you the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like you in that there was things I did that lowered cortisol, but I didn't know that's what I was that's a, I didn't know that's what it was accomplishing. You right. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've obviously learned as all of us have as as we've came along. So yeah, I, I it's one of those things where I've been doing those things for a while, but now I'm like, all right this person's been stressed. We've got to get this down. So like, um, like Stephanie, we were talking about, um, I have her doing Cordy's like two of them every four hours. She has a really stressful job. Um, and you know, I just figured we better add that in as we've pulled back on training and pulled back on cardio and then started to carb up all those things, pull cortisol down. Yeah. I think that actually leads us into, I can actually go into the training part of it next year is like, you know, what, if anything, do you guys like to do differently? Is it kind of like, have you tried different things person to person and stuff? Like, what do you guys usually do with that, with training? Like we were talking about with the cortisol and stuff. You mean during peak week? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, especially even like male to female enhanced versus, um, natural. Uh, I think that's going to be a really, really different compared person to person. My usual instructions are to drop down your, your reps in reserve, maybe to like uh, two or three. So nothing to failure. We start that around Saturday. And then a lot of times, two days before the carb up, I'll have them do a circuit training with higher reps to zap the glycogen, get them ready to super compensate with carbs. So that's, that's generally how it goes. And then as far as Friday, like I like rest, but there's times I've sent people to the gym. Like, I feel like I can't get a good read on their body. I can't get a good read on what their body's doing. And I want to move some blood around and see how they look with a little bit of a pump. So, you know, again, that that's my general setup and I give someone a peak week, but I always tell them this shit can change as you check in and I see pictures. So that's how, but that's my general setup. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty similar to mine. Starting on like Monday, for example, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll do high reps, you know, 20 to 30 reps to deplete. And then Thursday morning, I'll have them do like a full body, but it's not like a super strenuous workout. It's just high reps, squeeze the muscle, get the last little bit of glycogen out we can to help make room. Because when you start carving up, when you're super depleted, like you can carb up pretty fast, especially with high GI carbs. But the point is, is, is that depletion process to me goes from, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then into Thursday morning. And then we start to carb up and you call it super compensation, Jason. It's same thing, right? Like you're able to get more carbs in someone than if they just trained like normal and you didn't deplete them, you wouldn't be able to put as many carbs in them. And it's just a very anabolic looking process when you can deplete and then you start to really fill someone out we've all been lean before. And you, when you notice you sit around, you start eating carbs and you start carving up fast, right? Like maybe you're, maybe you're just pounding a bunch of sugary carbs that matter. You get this kind of freaky look going on and that's super compensation starting to happen. So you can just get more carbs in. And that's the process I like to do. I, I pay real, and this might be getting a little too granular here, but depending on the athlete, I'll have them train, you know, if it's a guy that's going to have to flex his legs on stage, I'll have them cut their last leg day out might even be that weekend before. If I need them to train them on Monday, it's fine. It's going to be a little higher up. Um, But legs, I try and get farther away. Now, if it's a men's physique guy, what I want to do is I want them to deplete and they can, and maybe I'm loading someone on a Wednesday here. They can train their legs on a Thursday because I don't care if they carb up and then they deplete their legs because you don't really show them so much. You're not really too worried about it. I don't want them to carb up and then train again on a Thursday and deplete their upper body, if that makes sense. So I try and place legs, you know, if it's a men's physique, I don't really care when they train their legs last is what I'm, what I'm putting out. Um, bikini, I don't really care how much, you know, we want to watch leg training on them is way more important with legs and glutes and things like that than it is worrying about training chest, for example. So I just think you need to understand the categories and understand, you know, give your legs a break if you need to, or certain body parts a break when you need to. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the biggest part of it is knowing your athlete, knowing their division, and then the timing of all of that together of like the, the carb up, you have to deplete in order to carb up, you know, and fill out the muscles. So like, I feel like, especially for first time competitors, they come into it and they're like three days out from the show and they're like, what's going on? Like, why do I look flat as all get out? Like what's going on? And they're kind of started freaking out. So you have to kind of prepare them for that and be like, it's okay. This is how it's supposed to look. And then you fill back out and it's like, that's where the, the magic, so to say happens and stuff. And it's all about that right timing and everything, I think. So I do something very similar. Um, I like to, you know, train like legs seven to 10 days out last harder leg session. Um, I like to keep training pretty much the same up until like that, like four days ish before no drop sets, nothing to failure, anything like that. Um, and then do the depletion, um, and then start carving them up. So very similar approach, um, just from what I've learned and what I've seen of my athletes too. Um, but it can obviously change still. So and that's where coaches earn their keep, right? So I said this on another episode, a good coach is going to, if you have questions, you can always ask your coach, hey, hey, I don't I don't feel like I'm looking that good. Like I'm lean, but I'm flat. And people just don't know. Ask your coach and they should be able to explain to you, hey, this is by design. This is part of the process. We're getting you flat. You're not going to feel good. You're not going to really look that good. You're going to look little, right? Because a lot of people, especially natural bodybuilders, 
you put a, a shirt on them, they don't even look like they train. Honestly, they're shredded underneath that shirt. But a lot of natural bodybuilders don't look like bodybuilders with a shirt on. So like they're already thinking they look small. You just have to earn your keep as a coach and explain that to them. And it, you want them to learn from the process. And when you explain to them, they'll trust you more and they'll buy in. So, you know, I'm always thinking from a business standpoint, like as a coach, like how can I make sure I do my job the best I can? And that to me is where coaches need to earn their keep. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, the next thing that I had written down for like, you know, mistakes to avoid on show day and stuff was your pump up routine and then the timing of that for show day, because not every time, like everyone's going to have their coach right there with them telling them what to eat and when. Um, so, you know, getting those pictures in, I think is really important um, and knowing what your pump up routine looks like. So, you know, we usually only have bands backstage and sometimes like the show promoter doesn't even provide that. So you have to just be prepared for all of that too. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people mess up their timing for one. Um, they might do it too early, too late. And however shows ran differently, you know, um, can depend too. So what do you guys usually tell your clients to do for like pump up routines and like timing for like, carving up to go on stage for vascularity and stuff. Like how do you guys, you know, navigate that? Um, I like to have them start eating about 30 minutes out, sometimes even 45. Uh, I want them to usually not just pound the food, but kind of take it in slowly over the course of that time. So I tell them to talk to the expediter and find out like, okay, roughly how many, how many more minutes do you think my class is? Um, and based on how way the show's moving, they should be able to give you an idea. And then I have you start, uh, loading. Um, I've done, I do a few things. Uh, sometimes I'll do coconut water for the potassium, uh, some sort of fast acting sugar that I think will digest fine for you, some salt and, um, and then start the pump up, um, and, and then eat those as you go. Some things I've used are rice crispy treats. Uh, they seem to go down really easy. Um, fast acting can load it pretty quick. Um, you know, but if someone, if I feel like someone's going to have a problem with that, or, you know, it's an issue or we haven't got a chance to test it, um, you know, I might, I might use a Gatorade. Um, I've used that before too. Um, so it just kind of depends, but, but I, but that gives someone the general idea of what I do. And then, and then, and then I have someone pump up their upper body. You can do your calves. I don't, don't go crazy on your quads. Don't go crazy on the hammies. Um, those muscles seem to show little deeper lines if they're not super blown up. Um, but, you know, listen, if you're in classic physique, you better get your shoulders and lats popping. Uh, if you're in figure, you better get your shoulders popping. Um, you know, if you're in bikini, I, I do some shit to kind of get some plumpness to my ass. Um, you know, just whatever division you're in, it's going to be the main thing that, you know, judges kind of seize on. Uh, make sure that area is, is really pumped up really well. You know, I remember in one of your peak weeks, I think the first one I got from you, Jason, was like 2009. And there was a line on there that I remembered back then. And it was like, don't pump up too long and too hard because the glycogen can burn out fast. Yeah. I literally remember that phrase being on there, the glycogen can burn out fast. And the way we were picking people back then, it certainly would because you didn't really have a lot of water. Mm -hmm. but it also taught me back then to really pay attention to the pump up. So I had my folks start pumping about 20, 30 minutes out. And 
this is where I think a big difference makes it if you have a coach backstage who's been around a little bit. So as you guys know, I've gone to shows with my clients. Like I've just made it kind of part of my business model for a long time. Like this is the first year I've taken a break ever. And I would go to dozens of shows a year and I would be backstage and people think that you're back there to help them pump and all that. And the most important thing a coach can do is to watch the fucking classes in front and make sure they're pumping up at the correct time because some shows go super fast and some, some shows you'll be pumping up for an hour. And at that point, your best look's already gone if you're pumping up for an hour. So I always tell my people pump up for 20 to 30 minutes. And to talk, like you said, Jason, talk to the expediters and, or maybe start three or four classes out in front of you. Like that's always kind of a good rule of thumb. But I like to have my clients do something a little bit different. And here's why I've changed things a lot because most natural shows these days, they're running format. And what that means is they might, the show might start at nine and they're going to do their prejudging. And then they're going to turn around and do their presentation, whether it's T walks or their posing routine. And then they're going to come right back out and get their awards immediately. So they're literally done within an hour for the whole day. So I might have a client that's on stage at nine and then they're actually done with awards at 10 a.m. So I have to peak people a little bit differently. So for the natural folks listening that have gone to this format, I use actually rice cakes and whey protein as their first three meals because it gets in them super fast and it sits on their stomach. Like we've only got six ingredients in our way, right? And, and the natural stuff and yours is the same way. It's got four ingredients. It's totally fine to have that the day of the show. So like three rice cakes, for example, and a shake, and they're doing that six hours out and then four hours out, they're doing the same thing and they're having water, certain amounts of water, but it's super fast digesting and it gets into the muscles fast because they're going to be on stage at 9 a.m. Then 30 minutes out, I have them start drinking Gatorade. Sometimes I'll throw extra dextrose in there. Jason, I do the same thing as you. I throw the sea salt in there because that's the time when you can push salt really hard. That's the time when you can push dextrose and carbs and things like that really hard because you're literally pumping it inside the muscle cell. So I've tried to spill people. I've tried to make them look watery. I had Logan Sheehan at one point drink a hundred carbs in 20 minutes during his pump up with a fucking spoonful of salt. And all he did was just look insane within that 30 minute window. So a lot of people spill look watery when they drink fluids like that because they've had too many carbs leading up to the stage and too much salt leading up to the stage. So I like to, I like to load it a little bit more heavy right then and there. I might have a guy drink 60 carbs, half a, a teaspoon of sea salt and they pump up and just look like a freak show right then right then and there. But then they're also done for the day. They're going to be done for a day an hour later. So you don't have to worry about trying to hold that look and get to a night show and a possible overall. So there's kind of different, there's a different mentality there because most MPC shows, you got a morning and a night show and you've got to be a little bit more conservative, so to speak. So figured I'd touch on the differences there. Yeah, no, that was good. I actually brought up a good point of like the timing of your show. Um, so I had like a couple things to say about that was like, when you're in the back and you're pumping up, you know, don't be shy to go and ask the expediter, like when you're going, even if you feel like you're bugging them, like that's their job. And this is your show. This is your time that you spent all this time and money doing, you know, you want to make sure you're hitting this on point, especially if you're a first time competitor. Um, Cause it can go really fast. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well I'm, you know, looking at the schedule figure oh. isn't up until like third and they got to do their routines. But like, they're done in like an hour and like, it's, it's your turn to go. And you are like, Oh crap, I have to go now. And like that happened to us, um, at a show last year. Uh, and then they got us like 
super quick, like in line as fast as they could. And then we stood there for 20, 25 minutes before we even went on. So, you know, even if they do that, you know, bring your little pump up food with you, um, bring a band with you. I always bring my own bands because then I just keep it right there with me and then no one else can take it. Um, and be a freaking diva. Like this is your show that you did. Don't be like rude, of course, but you know, advocate for yourself and just ask the questions too. I think that's a really big thing. I think people are sometimes a little bit too scared to ask because they don't want to be bothersome, but that's just their job. So definitely. Yeah. And then the timing too, of the carbs, like John was mentioning, like their shows, they go like an hour and they're done versus like NPC, you know, they have prejudging and night show and stuff. So you have to really make sure that, you know, are you going to carb up for that? Are you going to carb up for the night show? How do you hold that? What if you spill over, you know, um, so there's all those questions that go into that too. Um, so with that aspect of like, if you have that morning and night show, like, what do you do, you know, or I guess not what do you do, but if you're close in the top two, like don't go after prejudging and go blow it and be like, all right, well, prejudging's over. I was center stage call outs. I'm going to go have a burger. Cause I won. Right. You know, I think that can be a mistake too, because they do rejudge at night um, sometimes. So, you know, with that, you know, holding, how do you guys handle that on a show day and stuff? I, um, I take a, usually a conservative approach. Um, I do usually have my athlete, like if they want to hit like an outback and get like a, you know, if they think beef will bother them, get chicken and get like maybe a sweet potato, but I'm usually not sending them out for burgers and fries. Um, I, I think you should try to hold it together, whether you're in the top five or you're in the bottom five, um, you know, the judges are going to see you. And if you come back looking like a slop tart there, some might remember that. Um, so I don't know. I think you always want to put your best foot forward. So I think you should always try to improve as you're going. If you were flat, let's get more food in. If you're watery, hell, maybe you, you know, you got to, got to go to a pump up or we got to get their bands out. Who knows? But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing is I think you should always try to get a little better going in. Um, now there was one year where I said, screw it. So I will tell on myself 2010 nationals and John, John, I'm sure remembers my picks. I was, I was peeled inside and out. My glutes were shredded. Everything was dry. And I got like 15th. Um, and there was dudes in the second call out that didn't even have abs when they hit an ab thigh. And so I was pretty pissed. Like that was the most pissed I've ever been. Um, and, you know, I was backstage at the water cooler and two of the guys in the top call out were like, Hey man, we're heading out. And I'm like, yeah, good, good, good luck. And they're like, you didn't make it. And so like people, even the class were surprised. I went to mellow mushroom and probably ate almost a large pizza. And then they had like a bunch of like donuts and shit at the hotel. I went and hit that. I hit a bunch of water. I came back at 175 and I was a 154 class. And all the guys in line were like, dude, the middleweights are over there. Like I was all blown out. I didn't put my tan back on. I got up there. I gave them my front by, but I didn't put my tan on. And I'll be honest with you. I think it was immature. Um, I I don't really coach it, but uh, it it didn't hurt me. I eventually went pro, but uh, I don't think it's a good idea. I I agree with that. I think holding yourself as an athlete and representing that is really, really important, especially because, you know, the judges will see that how you handle yourself backstage and like your uh, sportsmanship too. like expediters will see that I've seen it because I've expedited shows where 
you know, IFBB pros are really, really rude, actually. And it just doesn't put a good taste in their mouth. And people remember that. So um, I think overall, like whether you place or not, you know, if you feel like it's the wrong placing, um, that's a really good point to really make sure that you still hold yourself very well and congratulate the winner. And it's just, it's not your time. You have to remember that it's a very subjective sport. Um, and even though you look your best and you think you won, the judges might not think so. So I think that's another thing you have to look at as well. There, there's been a couple times where I've had somebody go get a burger and fries or something like that. If I know there's room for it and we want to experiment and see how they look, if they're not, if they're not, if I know, like if they're in the second call out and they're nowhere even near the middle, right. There's like 15 in a class and they're like fighting for like ninth or 10th. I, if I know there's room, I don't mind doing that with a client to have a little bit of fun and say, Hey, let's go ahead. Instead of your next meal, let's go do a burger and fries, do a glass of water. And then, you know, alter things. And I tell them, Hey, I want you to send me your pictures when you're pumped up after the night show. I want you to go ahead and get a pump, go out there and hit your pose and all that and get recognized. But I only do it when I know there's room to do it. And there's room because I'm not going to have them eat all the food that they were going to eat, but they get a huge shot of sodium. And it's when people have gone just, ape shit, right? That, that really start to see that spill start to happen. So if I know there's room, I don't mind doing that here and there, but before I've done that and I didn't know there was room and they've ended up looking worse at night and it's cost them, you know, possible overall because they won their class. Cause I was trying to push things super, super hard. That was just an experience on my end. So I I'm right there with you guys. I think if you go blow it out, your stomach's probably going to be distended. And that's, that's the number one thing I see over people looking watery is their, their stomachs just distended and they just don't look as good. So, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of being spilled, I know we're going to talk about that, but that to me is that takes experience. That takes time. Um, are we to that point? Are we talking about spill? Are we still talking about the, uh, the food? No, I think that leads perfectly into spillover because that was going to be my next question was like what to do, you know, because it does happen um, spilling over, but you can save it in some, some scenarios, not all, but you know, what do you guys typically do if you start to see that happening? Well, you know, I like to carb up, like I was saying, you know, a lot of times these days, Wednesday or Thursday, and then I can be a little more aggressive and then I have time to dry it off. You know, I, there's all myriad of things you can do. Um, I've seen just adding extra salt starts tightening them up. I've seen where I've had to take them and train, like make them go train pretty hard before uh, the tans on um, to move water around and zap some of that glycogen. Um, I've actually had one person that I put on a treadmill with a hoodie and wanted them to sweat out some of the water because it just didn't, wasn't moving. So I've done a little bit of everything there to kind of, to kind of help that process along. But if you do spill, like I said, you got to move the glycogen, you've got to burn it. Um, you know, uh, there's only so many ways out of it. Um, but, uh, it's one of those things where that's why I kind of like to, carb up earlier these days, unless they're ectomorph. And I, I really have had a good chance to watch their refeeds. Then I'm okay with, with doing it on Friday. Yeah. The closer, the closer the day of the show, you know, anyone carbs up, the more risk you're going to have, the more, the more, you know, tricks you're going to have to pull out. Uh, So I'll start off talking by, you know, if I carb somebody up on a Thursday and they spill on Friday a little bit, 
one of the things I like to do, I don't really use diuretics with athletes anymore. Um, I mean, I will if I have to, but at this point, we've kind of tested everything. So I know their carb up on Thursday is good. But if you're someone listening and you don't and you do spill over and you look watery the next day, one thing that you can do instead of taking a diuretic is you can increase your water because water is a diuretic in high amounts. So what happens is if you're normally drinking a gallon every single day and you carb up and you spill a little on Friday, you can increase that to two gallons and it's going to push the bloat off of you. We do it all the time with clients. Like, you know, they go do a show and they come back and they check in on Monday and they want to get the bloat and the water off of them. Well, the first thing I do is increase their water, you know, get back on your diet and increase your water to flush that bloat. Mm -hmm. And I remember I learned this, Sean Ray actually talked about it way back in the day when everybody else was cutting water, he was drinking in excess of water because it will push any kind of bloat off of you. So I like to use that. Or if I feel like somebody needs to tighten up, I'll increase their water on Friday a little bit. But one thing you can't do is you can't increase water and pull sodium down because all that's going to do is flatten the fuck out of you. So if you increase water, don't play with anything else. Like don't, I don't play with sodium period in general in 99.9% of cases, but I will increase water a little bit to kind of tighten them up. And that's what they spill after the car, but spilling the day of the show and like fixing that is a little bit different. You know, Jason, you talked about moving the glycogen. One thing that I had to do with the client, for example, talking about Logan Sheehan, um, we ended up being a little bit more watery. We carved him up on a Friday. We're a little bit more watery for the morning show than what we liked. And I needed to really move that off of him because we thought he was going to win his class and be in an overall at the night show, which he was. So we had to get pretty drastic. I had him take his bands and just do pump ups like every hour. And I'm not talking about pump to deplete, just pump to like move the glycogen. You're squeezing it, pretend you're squeezing it and moving it into the muscle. So I would have him do those pumps, but also I'd increase his water a shit ton. So we had like a gallon and a half of water between the morning show and the night show. And what happened, matter of fact, I think it was two gallons. Yeah, he's peeing all the time, but what was happening, he was moving that off of him. So I've noticed that it moves the water and it doesn't deplete the muscle. Like if you took a diuretic, you can take a diuretic and move the water, but it's also going to pull it from outside of your mu- from inside of your muscle to the outside. So it'll deplete you and it's hard to get a pump that way too. So just increased water has worked for me. It's just very uncomfortable. It's very cumbersome. We're taking a diuretic, you know, something simple like expel can work really easy. You just take the fucking pills and there's other directs, obviously, Jason, you can talk about those, but I've just noticed that's what's worked well for me is doing that pump and increasing water to kind of get everything moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all really good points. Um, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and it made me think of actually, too, when, you know, if you're flying to a show as well, like I know a lot of people can actually hold water from flying. So my advice there would be to get there early, um, get there at least by like Wednesday, if you have a Saturday show, because if you, if you do are someone that holds water, when you fly, you can go do that extra cardio with a hoodie. You can keep drinking water, um, especially travel days. You know, you want to make sure you keep drinking water. People tend to not drink as much water and then that's where they get in trouble, um, with spilling over. So, um, travel to that, that just one little last little thing I wanted to touch on with that was traveling and making sure that you have everything that you need to get there early enough and you're just, your stress is down. So, so I, I have a theory. I'm glad you brought that up see what you guys think. I think Kayla, I think really you just nailed it on the head, but over the years I've noticed that 
I don't think there's really anything about flying that makes people hold water. Like people have had theories on why it makes you hold water, you know, the pressure changes and stuff like that. I think it's more stress than it is anything else. Why people are a little bit watery. They're a little puffy when they get off the plane and Jason, you and I are the same way. We like, don't have like, especially around events. We don't have to like, we don't like to like rush around and worry about where you're fucking parking and to be on time. Like that gives me the most anxiety in the world. I show up a day early to fucking everything because I'm just, I don't like to rush around. And I think people that fly in on a Friday and they've got to fly in, they've got to get to their hotel. They've got to get food. They've got to go to check in. They've got to get their tan. They've got to fucking do all this shit. If you just fly in on a Thursday morning, hell flying on a Wednesday night, get an Airbnb, just shut everything down. I'm real big on that. Your stress is so much. I never see clients hold water from flying on a Thursday when they fly in on a Wednesday, cause they're not stressed out. So why fly in on a Friday? That to me is when people hold water. Now, would you guys agree with that from what you've seen? hundred percent. Yeah. Do. Yeah. I think it's a stress response. I mean, when I got to fly, I'm stressed. Like I got to drive to the damn airport. I got to make sure I can find a freaking parking spot. If not, then I got to go freaking ride the damn shuttle. And that's another 15 minutes. And then, you know, you're hoping that you get through. I'm just stressed about it. I'm a more anxiety ridden person anyway. So yeah, 100%. I think it's more of that than it is like, oh, well now you're at this high altitude and then you drop. I, I don't think that's any of it. Yeah, I agree. I just, I do have them increase water though. Just, just as a fail safe, like if they're flying on Friday, I'm like, just increase your water by an extra liter or two. Just, I don't know if it helps or not, but I still kind of fall back to that. Maybe it's old school, but I just think you fly in earlier and you don't worry about it. Yep. Me too. Yep. I definitely agree with that because last year, um, so I'll I'll end this with a funny story. Um, You'll get it if you've ever prepped. Um, If you haven't, you'll understand soon enough. But so we were going to junior nationals last year in Chattanooga. So out of Fargo, um, it was cheaper, like way cheaper to fly into Atlanta and then just drive the two hours. So we were going to rent a car anyways. So we did that. We get to Atlanta uh, and we land before we even got to the airport though. um, We were almost late getting on the plane because little Fargo airport, there's four gates and we're like, you can be there an hour early. It's no big deal. But the guy checking the licenses that day was just taking a sweet time, sweet time. And like, we just barely made it on the plane. So Kayla's already like, okay, like we're, we're going to be okay. We'll be fine. And then we get to Chattanooga and my friend Amanda was also competing. And she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, I've been waiting in line for a car for like over an hour. And it's like wrapped around like the building. Oh and I was like, Oh gosh. And I was like, well, hopefully we don't have that. And we sure enough, we get to our rental car place. Same thing. We had to wait in line for like an hour and a half. I had to send Jason pictures and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I can't send you pictures. And like, I'm very type A like, so I'm like, I have to do this on time. And so I was getting a little stressed out. Um, and this whole day too, we were up super early, didn't have coffee at all. And I'm like during prep, like, especially at the airport, my one thing is like, I just need to have Starbucks. I just need to have my Starbucks black coffee and I will be happy. And we could not find the Starbucks anywhere, nowhere, nowhere. So we find the Starbucks on like a, a different, like a hospital or something. We got a parking ticket and I finally got my dang Starbucks, but it was like 4 PM in the afternoon and then everything was fine. So I didn't spill over though, but it just funny little prep story for you guys about dress. So that's why I was there a day early. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I've, I've been traveling before and I bucked like budget it was an hour wait enterprise had no line 
I canceled the budget and I couldn't even cancel it without not paying, but I just ate the 200 bucks and went and got a different. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's worth an hour of my time not standing here. And I wasn't on prep, but I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So that would have drove me absolutely batshit crazy on prep. So now I usually just book enterprise. They're a little more expensive, but I never wait. Like yep. all the other ones have shitty weights. So, yep. That's definitely what I learned was like, don't book the like low budget, like companies. Yep. It's, yep. it's the same thing with airplanes, you know, book a Delta flight because Delta is always yep. awesome. And they're on time. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the, you'll learn that too. Like as you keep going, but yeah, just figured I'd end that with a pre. Yeah. I mean, if you're flying somewhere and you are on a deadline, don't take like, you know, spirit, Mm-mm. spirit. And I have a few other ones, like just, just get on a real, a real airline and, and be there on time. Yep. You guys see, I stepped away. You can probably see what I have here in front of me oh, because yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. YouTube distressed me the fuck out with those two stories. I'm going to literally, <laughs> like, it literally gives me anxiety to think about doing anything the day of an event. Like it just, the, the day, you know, registration, like it just stresses me out. So I'm literally going to take two courties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got anything else? Kayla, you are crushing it with uh, putting everything together and kind of running the show here. Are we, are we good or we got anything else? Uh, I think we covered everything. That's like all of what I had in my notes so far, but I mean, guys, like guys listening, if we forgot something or didn't cover a question you had, like, please let us know. Um, I guess easiest place to reach me is on Instagram. Um, Kayla Forcier 2.0. That's my Instagram handle. Um, but then of course there's always John and Jason. You their emails are in the show notes too. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be back with more fun stuff to talk about next week and stuff. So no, it's been really awesome and it's been really fun doing this and just excited for it and just to keep going. Cause I could literally go forever. This stuff yeah. is, is awesome. Hey John, make sure that Kayla's emails in there too, just so everyone's info is there. And, her, yeah. and if our IGs are listed, I'd list hers. Sweet. Sounds good. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we will be back next week with some more knowledge for you. So have a good week. See ya. See ya.